Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is a gift from God. Tomorrow is not promised to us. Yesterday is gone, but this day is a gift from God and we celebrate with gratitude the gracious goodness of God. I say again, what a a mighty, awesome God we serve today. My name is Elmer Gillette, and I pastor Community Worship Center Church of the Nazarene at 117 Madison Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11216. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 30091, Brooklyn, New York, 11203. Now, let me just inform you that we have begun the process of hiring a professional cleaner to come and clean our entire building, and so we will be informing you as we reopen our church in the next few weeks. The Lord bless you real, real good on this beautiful Sunday morning. Our scripture today is from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 to 13. And it reads, On a Sabbath Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. The word of the Lord. I want to speak to you today on the subject, A Miraculous Change from Pain to Praise. Today we meet a woman whose self-image, self-esteem, identity, and dignity must have been shattered. The Bible says that she was bent over for 18 years, and she could not straighten up at all. Her crippled condition was the result of a spirit. In her community, she was known as the bent-over woman. She was labeled by her physical stature and appearance. Is that an interesting way to be identified? She has no other name that we know. History has named her, judged her, and labeled her by her appearance, by what's wrong with her, by her situation. She has been broken, beaten down with pain and physical deformity. Children would make fun of her. Her husband may have rejected her. We don't know. When this goes on, month after month, year after year, sometimes we begin to think less of ourselves, don't we? Sometimes we see ourselves as hopeless, as failures, as cripples, as defeated, as insignificant in our own eyes and in the eyes of others. Do you know what happens when you spend 18 years looking at the ground? You miss a whole lot around you, that's for sure. She was not born this way. There was a time in this woman's life before this happened to her that she could look at people in the eye, but something has happened to her, and whatever it was, she could not leave it behind. Crippled by a spirit says that there is something that has gotten a hold of you, or has assumed power over you, or has taken control of your life. And that something is causing you to live a life in a crippled state, a less than handicap. 
This spirit had her in bondage. When a spirit has crippled you, you have succumbed to the power of that spirit and it can take everything from you. Maybe it was abuse, mental or physical, that has caused the spirit to be affixed to her. And after trying to stand up against it for a long, long time, only to fail again and again, you can feel as if though her only defense was just to settle, to embrace it, and worst of all, to accept it. This is just the way I am now. That is exactly how the enemy wants us to believe. And we begin to identify ourselves. In fact, we begin to let others identify us based on that spirit. And those labels stick. A life lived in shame is not easy to navigate. Especially in that community where she was considered unclean. And consequently, she was not accepted. So we spend our lives with a crutch under our arms, slipping in late and making our way to the back corner of the room, hunched over because we cannot stand to look anyone in the eyes, can't stand to look ourselves in the eye anymore. We keep our heads down. Amazingly, in spite of her condition, she comes to the synagogue to worship. We don't know if she attended regularly or just attended when a special rabbi was in the area. She may have felt unworthy of Jesus' attention, or maybe she was expecting a blessing. She is everyone who has ever struggled to rise above the pain of oppression and low self-esteem and judgment from others. She is everyone who has struggled with illness, addiction, loss of value or or self-esteem, or innocence. She is everyone who was in, in this situation. It's intolerable. You feel that you can't take it anymore. Anyone who has been told you can't and you believe it. Anyone who has lost hope. Thankfully, the bent over woman is not the only person in this story. And but. What makes all the difference in the world is that Jesus is in the story, this narrative as well. We are told in this passage that Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. And that while he's there, he sees the bent over woman. To the people around her, she's invisible, but not to Jesus. He sees her. He sees her crippling condition. He knows what she has been through. He knows how she's feeling. He understands her oppression. He sees her pain. He sees how she shuffles slowly into the synagogue. How people avoided her because they don't know what to say. He sees her struggle to find a seat. Jesus was touched by her condition. Jesus sees this bent over woman. He focuses his attention on her. Jesus is teaching, remember, and right in the middle of his teaching, when he sees the bent over woman, he interrupts his lesson and calls her over to him. That's what the text says, which means that he not only sees her, he focuses his attention on her right there in front of everyone. She was familiar with being invisible. She was a woman with no name. She is known as the crippled woman, 
the handicapped woman, the one who looks different from other people, the one whose identity is so wrapped up in her condition that she has no other name except bent over woman. Wow. But she's about to get a name change. Hallelujah. Jesus again sees the bent over woman. He calls her and says to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. He places his hands on her. And she stands up straight and begins to praise God. In the middle of the synagogue, in front of the synagogue, she, this woman, Remember now, the, the synagogue leader is there. She begins to express praise to God because she knows what she has been through and now she's giving praise to God for her deliverance. Woman, you are free from your oppression, free from judgment, free from shame. Woman, you are no longer under the power of the, this thing that has controlled your life for so long. Free to be who you are and not what others tell you. Free to live in the grace and mercy of the one who loves you and cares for you and knows everything you've experienced. You are precious, you are cherished, you are adored, you are significant. She experienced a miraculous change from pain to praise. So the leader of the synagogue looked at the faces of the amazed people who had questions that he could not answer, and not knowing what to say, you know what he does? He deferred to the rules. And here's what he says. This is the wrong day for healing. We only do this kind of thing during the week, not on the Sabbath. God's laws supersedes man's laws. Notice, he didn't deny the power of Christ. He didn't deny the healing, and he didn't deny that this woman was made brand new. A lot of times, I think, that's how it is for us. We understand in theory that God can do anything. We don't deny the power of God in the room. We profess that Jesus can take away our sorrow, heal our wounds. But we want Jesus to do it our way, according to our plan, in ways that are not threatening or scary or risky. We like the safe healing Jesus. But here's how Jesus responds. Are you ready for this? He calls the leader of the synagogue a hypocrite. And then he turns to the woman. Hear this. And he calls her daughter. Daughter. He looks at the crowd with their mouth still wide open. And lovingly reminds them that this woman, the one whom they had made to feel less than for all these years, is as much a part of them as the leader of the synagogue. He reminds them that the family of God is not about shaming people or marginalizing those we struggle with. But he reminds them to bring those people to the source of life, to Jesus. She is the only person in the whole Bible to be called by that name. What name? Daughter of Abraham. 
Wow. Abraham, of course, was the great father of faith. He was the one who, many years before, received God's promise that a great nation would be created out of his descendants. A people through him, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. This woman, says Jesus, is a daughter of Abraham, no less. She isn't a crippled woman. She isn't a nobody. She is a beloved child of Abraham. She's a part of God's great plan of salvation and blessing for the whole world. Jesus sees the invisible ones. He loves them. He heals them. In the case of the bent over woman, Jesus reaches out to heal without even being asked. The woman didn't ask Jesus to heal her. He sees her. Sees not just the obvious thing. But he sees right through her. He sees her pain. He sees whatever spirit has been keeping her bent for so long. He sees the totality of her suffering. The humiliation of her ailment. The way it has kept her apart and in prison for, for this long, dreary 18 years. He sees the emotional as well as the physical pain she suffers. He sees the whole picture. He sees that she is too timid or too afraid or too hopeless to ask for healing. He sees the same things in each of us. He sees deep into our needs. Sees what sometimes we cannot even see ourselves. That our anger at other people is so often really anger at ourselves. That we are often afraid to look inside ourselves because we know there's a lot of garbage there that we'd rather not deal with. He sees the good front we sometimes put on when we are in public, even in church, is often a cover-up for the hurts we have suffered over the years. The rejection, the disappointment, the betrayal, the failures, the losses, the fears. He sees the ugly stuff inside us. Ugly things others have done to us. Ugly, ugly things we have done to ourselves. Ugly things we have done to others. Ugly things that were nobody's fault, but just happened. God sees it all. And just as he did to the bent over woman, he calls us over. Wow, that is just like God. And he says to us, come here to me. Let me put my hands on you and heal you. Let me take all that is bent and crooked in your life and make it straight and strong. Let me wipe away all the ugliness inside of you. You are a child of Abraham. You are God's child. You are love without limit, without reservation, without condition. I don't know what may have you bent over today. What may or may not have a hold on you. I don't know what you struggle with. Or what it is in your life that keeps you in that state that you're in. Or has claimed power over your life. I don't know the name you have come to know yourself by. 
or by what labels you wear. But I do know this. We all, at some extent, have flaws. And it may or may not be in the form of a debilitating disfigurement. In fact, no one may be able to see that you are bent over at all. But Jesus knows it. He has seen you in the back of the room with your crutch. And this moment, he's calling you. He says, stand up straight. Calling you with love. So that it penetrates you to the core of your being. Our only hope, you know, is to embrace God. You and I don't have to live bent over to anything or to anyone or any labels ever, ever again. Because the one who knows the truth about us sees all of it and he calls you daughter. The one who loves you exactly the way you are calls you son. Then, then Jesus addresses the crowd. Do you know what he calls the spirit that has kept her crippled all these years? He says, this woman has been bound by, listen to this, Satan for 18 years. Yes. Now, now, now Satan in the Greek doesn't mean the guy in the red suit with the horns on his head. Satan means accuser. I'll leave you to decide who the accuser or the accusers are in your own story. Because all of us have a story. For now Jesus says, stand up straight. One of the most touching parts of this story is Jesus' words affirming the woman who has been healed. Again, he refers to her as a daughter of Abraham. How very much this must have meant to her. And then to hear Jesus calls you my son, my daughter. Daughter of Abraham, child of God. Can be so overwhelming and encouraging. Maybe after all, I'm a real person. If Jesus loves me, then I can be someone to be proud of. I can change. I can leave the past behind. If God is for me, then who can be against me? Daughter of Abraham, you've been bent over too long. God sees your pain and he will bring a great change in your life. Stand up. Hold your head up high. You are a child of God. Amen. Let us pray together. Father, thank you for seeing our deep, debilitating pain when others are looking at the outward person. You not only see the pain and our brokenness, but Father, you bring transformation, change, when we think that we may have been trapped in our deformity and shattered hope, your presence brings supernatural change. When people may have given up on us and we may have given up on ourselves, 
You are a God of extraordinary compassion, grace, and mercy. And even though the waiting may have been long, you're always on time. God, you're a miracle worker. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You delivered this invisible, no-name woman. When you arrive on the scene, she was no longer invisible. You saw her and gave her a new name, daughter of Abraham. Lord, there are people today that are waiting and need you to do something miraculous in their lives. People that are suffering physically in pain, disease. We know you're a healer. And we believe that change is in the atmosphere. And we receive our miracle today in the strong, the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you don't know Jesus Christ, and you sense God is calling you, is speaking to you, repeat after me, Dear God, forgive me from all my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Today I reach out and I receive your son Jesus Christ into my heart. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. Thank you again for being so generous and sending your offerings to Community Worship Center Church of the Nazarene, P.O. Box 30091, Brooklyn, New York, 11203. And now the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now let this song minister to you. At the end of every sermon, we have a beautiful song. God bless you all real good. We love you in Jesus' name.
forgiven.